2: those two things yeah. in between those two things but basically what we're trying to figure out is celtics did things that you like to see them do along the lines of what Ime has been preaching they seem to stick to a game plan you also had some really good individual bounce back performances the rob game the smart game massive bounce back from romeo I, and again I, I put it to Sherrod to say uh how much of this is sustainable
3: Not much. I just don't think we're going to see them click on all cylinders the way we did. Now, as we were talking about earlier, the one thing that I will say did stand out was the aggressiveness that you saw from Grant Williams, from Romeo, from Pritchard, from the guys that aren't necessarily thought of in in that regard. And they're going to need that going forward. That's something that you can sustain. That's something that we can see with more consistency. And I think it makes them those individuals better players more impactful players and it helps the team Um, but as far as like all the shot making and and just the way they dominated the glass I don't think you're going to see that night in night out but the aggressiveness that those guys played with outside of the Tatum Brown you know guys who always play aggressive the rest of those guys that's sustainable.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the part that has to carry over to 2022. I mean, at the end of the day, you, the one thing you like the most from this from this game, at least in my opinion, is the fact that the Celtics didn't – that league wasn't teetering. I mean, yeah, it was going up and down, but at the same time, they still had control. You know, I think that's been most frustrating for the Celtics, or at least for Celtics fans watching it, where they give away these huge leads and have to play uphill. Or they, you know, they're going back and forth with the team, and then in the, in the second half or fourth quarter, they turn into a different team and they completely, you know, fall over. That wasn't the case today against the Suns. You know, they, they kept it going. I thought that they had enough of a cushion because of those guys, because of guys like Romeo and Pritchard and Grant, that they had enough to to give up was it 67 or 68 points in that second half and still survive with a with a double digit win. I mean, that that kind of Celtics team, that kind of offense, I don't think you, you can get used to seeing that. I think that was something that, that that was special today and for today only. But that aggressiveness, that aggression that you you want to see from the Celtics night in and night out. From guys who are not just the starters, I think that's the that could carry over.
2: Okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I wanna, I'm gonna cut the line a little bit here, um, and uh, I want to talk about Rob, which obviously he's a major thing, and I don't mean to make this the Rob show. I'm only jumping it, I'm only, do it. I'm, I'm only jumping to it right now because Eme, uh, I don't know who, if anyone was listening to this, Bobby, I don't know if you had Eme on. Um, Eme said in his post game he didn't know Rob could pass like this. He can't be talking about like he didn't know it coming into today. No, he he, meant? Meant, he he meant like into the before, season. Before arriving here, he didn't yeah. get. It. So, okay, good, thank goodness. Because people, <laughs> people are putting that in the chat, and I'm like, what do you mean you didn't know it? Like, I mean, look, if you watched yeah. any of it last year, you knew what a good passer he was. He really does have excellent vision. Why do you guys think? Was today just a matter of it worked and people were making baskets or were they running, do you feel like they were running more stuff through their bigs? Because look at the assist totals. You have Rob with 10 and Al with 7. 17 out of your 28 assists, which is a great number. You want to be in those high 20s. 17 out of those 28 assists come from your bigs. There was better ball movement, not just
3: not not just in terms of of just the bigs moving the ball, but just guys moving without the ball. You know, there was that sequence where Rob had the block at one end of the floor, came back Mm -hmm. down the other side, was at the elbow. And there was a great cut. I think it was by, by Josh Richardson for a layup. Those are the things that we haven't seen as much of. And I think part of that is because those guys haven't been in position to make those plays because guys aren't moving without the ball to get to spots where they can score. Uh, They did a really good job. I thought for the most part, moving without the ball, which helps guys like Rob, it helps guys like Al who have that great provision to actually have a moving target. They can get the ball to. That's the amazing
0: part of this one. Like it was shocking to see that level of off ball movement with this group. That's the worst action. That's everything, right? That's, it it was They
2: never do that. Ever, yeah, but you have ever, a, ever, and it's so, a to E-Mate it's so noticeable when they do Bobby because they never do it,
1: yeah, right. And, in a, and for, for, for Eme to put them in those situations, right? Those high low actions that, that got you know guys like Grant Williams some good looks, you know, those mismatches. I mean, there was like a three, there was three, three offensive possessions in a row where they just kept giving it to Grant because the Suns are falling on that mismatch. You know, I think it was Cam Johnson on him or, or, or another guard. And he, he made him pay. And that's exactly what you want to see Grant do, especially when he's able to get the ball in the paint, you know, around the free throw line, put that ball on the floor and make his move. He didn't think twice, you know? Yeah. It's he, a feather he and he made it made him pay in and
0: cap. Like they went with, they went with a lineup today that I think kind of made all our eyes widen the triple big there, but they had yeah. something in mind when they went with that in terms of being able to bring a bunch of active wings off the bench, going to some second units there that could hurt Phoenix a little bit. And, like you said, go high-low with the starting offense and have Smart Brown and uh, Grant in particular cut off those uh, bigs there. And they both had great passing ability. Horford had a good game in his own right. Rob obviously highlighted this one in terms of what he did in the high post, dribble handoff, uh, some flare screens off the side of him. They ran a lot of really good stuff with the ball in his hands. And it was kind of shocking to see Phoenix like just swarm him when he had the ball in his hands double sometimes i uh, just leave cutters open that first romeo make well, he just got completely abandoned by chris paul on that play and that sort of led to a waterfall of uh, action and you know big facilitation from there that's something you'd like to see more of now the zone i think early they were able to crack that and that's something i think lent to that kind of like high post action there that's where you want your bigs against the zone um, but those guys have the ability right we know it we know rob last year did these sort of things horford's done it his whole career they can sprinkle this in i don't think this is like the the antidote for their offense letting the bigs handle things but it's certainly something they're both capable of and just another attribute for them to lean on like it's not something we see them do at time
2: rob's well beyond capable okay like you know, like well beyond capable. He's actually got fantastic vision uh, for, for for, not just for a big, for a player. He is a very good passer. He makes crafty passes in tight spaces. He anticipates, he throws the ball to where people need to be. He's a very good passer. It's not a thing that he can kind of do. So every once in a while you luck into it. Again, we talked about this last year with, with Brad. Um, You have to, you have to stop. this isn't the world you want to live in you have to live in the world as it is you have to accept what rob and your players do well and build around those uh strengths rather than continue trying to fit square pegs into round holes this is a thing that rob does you have to find a way to make the most of it to utilize it to put him in a position to use that skill not just every once in a while when it happens, be like, oh, cool. We do know that he can pass. So I'm not surprised he made that play. You have to recognize this is actually a skill, Bobby. It's not just a thing he's okay at. So this was a big, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to totally evolve their offense around the bigs here, but you do have to put your best. You have to put your players in a position to do the things they do best.
0: Yeah. So Tatum and Brown are out
2: as playmakers, Robin Horford are in. Well, there's no question, but that's the point is why, Jalen isn't and will never be a playmaker. Not only is it just not, I mean, even when he throws passes, half the time they don't even hit the guys in their hands, you know, when they are set shooters or they're a little bit late, just isn't a thing he looks to do. Rob, since he's not at all looking to work on his offense, has his eyes up constantly looking for cutters and movement and things like that. He's got a quick touch. He makes quick decisions. So it is definitely a thing that you can, that, that he excels at. It's not just something that happens.
0: Yeah, and he yeah. does I mean, need to add the other things, too, right? Like, he's got to be able to put it on the ground from those positions. He's got to make himself a threat, and that's what I mean. Like, that's probably what's not sustainable off of this one. You're not going to have guys swarming him all the time. You're not. He's trying to uh, yeah. rip the ball from him.
2: Another quote, and I'm sure was about to say something, but another quote from Eme was – um He's more than people think he is. This is like I was kind of making the joke about Rob being like Neo in the Matrix, where he <laughs> doesn't—he doesn't know he's the one yet. He's, he has not fully realized his powers, and all it of is sudden, pretty amazing. All of you know sudden, what I thought today? He's just going to hold up his hand and stop bullets. Like I believe Rob could probably dribble if he wanted to dribble, if he wasn't afraid. Like I'm not supposed to be dribbling. Should I stop dribbling? I believe Rob could start hitting pull-up jumpers if he had—if he had his mindset that he's like. I, I know Kung Fu, you know, like I could hit pull up jumpers. He's gotta, he's gotta get there. I think he could start, but like Sherrod, you were going to jump in on Rob. Like, I really don't think he's, he literally doesn't know what he can do yet. Yeah. I know Kung Fu. I can hit jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We need
3: to get t-shirts. Rob, t-shirts like that. No, I know the, Kung the, Fu. The thing, yeah. Thing, <laughs> Rob is, is that, you know, they, they have to figure out how to get the best from every player and put it all together in one package. I mean, the, here's the thing. When I think about this offense, I think so much about Tatum and ISO situation. You need to find that balance between Tatum doing what he does well, with Brown doing what he does well, and letting Rob become more of a facilitator because Rob has a lot of Jokic in his game. He doesn't yeah, shoot oh yeah. like that, but as far as like his court vision, yeah. he is, it's kind of sick. I mean, I, I would say right now on this team, he's probably got the best court vision of anyone on the roster. And if that's the case, you need to make the most of that skill. I mean, if you've got a guy who's your best shooter, guess what you're going to do? You're going to put him in position to take shots. If you've got a guy with great court vision, you need to figure out a way to get him in positions where he can take advantage of that. And the best way to do that is exactly what we saw today. Put him high-low action, have lots of guys moving without the ball along that baseline or, or, or just you know spraying out towards the corners so that Rob can absolutely just – Encapsulate all of that and make the right decision because I feel way more confident that he's going to make the right decision when it comes to passing than I do Jalen. Who you know, Jalen reminds me a little bit of Jameis Winston when it comes to passing the ball. It <laughs> may, get bad bad. Line. yeah, it, it yeah. may get to where it's going to get to, but probably it's, it's, it's going to get picked off more than it should. He had a few of those tonight.
1: Today. Yeah, I think that's that. That's something that Eamonn needs to just start. I, I think he's he's noticed it before. I think it's something that he's trying to put everyone on notice right now. <laughs> is the fact that these these guys can pass, and that that really opens things up. And when you got Jalen and, and and Tatum both healthy, hopefully that's going to open things up and make things a whole lot easier for them because. Let's face it. I mean, the way things were going beforehand wasn't getting it done. It wasn't getting them easier looks, or at least it wasn't best for the offense in the sense of getting everyone involved. I think this this puts on more responsibility for guys like Rob and, and Grant Williams and, and for the bigs, you know, and they're capable of doing it. You're not asking them to do something that they're that, that he knows that they're not capable of. It's just about practicing it and, and honing it and making sure that you're able to – it's something that you can rely on, that, that kind yeah.
2: of aspect. I Before, also believe, like, I do think this was – I'm a big ball finds you know uh you know ball finds energy sort of guy. I do think that Rob came out like with a different mindset tonight. Um and that helped, you know. I think a lot of the Celtics actually came out with it a little bit uh today. Uh and you could see it. There was it, it there were fewer plays they, they, they took off uh, Rob was working it. Like, I mean, you could see like, you could see him like panting and sweat. Right. Like he really got <laughs> after it. I thought. And I do think that when you play with that higher level of energy, it's always going to go better for you. And I yeah. think it starts with defense.
3: I mean, when, when Rob got switched out where he's having to guard Chris Paul and Chris Paul couldn't get past him that they was piled up deep. stops. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was like Harden last year. Um, sure. You know, same sort of thing. They're switching over onto him. Um but you're Paul right.
0: Booker started three of fourteen. That was a just they racked that up. And that's a great defensive lineup that they put out there to start this one. That certainly set a tone. Then you moved into some of your more offensive looks as it went on. I'm just before we put the names Draymond and Jokic and ones like that around Rob, which I see the hints, I see the flashes. There's other parts of his game that got to come along here. And I did write this in Celtics blog, like for our New Year's resolutions for these guys. I did Brad and Rob. Like, he's got to be able to put the ball on the floor a little bit. There were times in this one where, like, he did kind of look in panic mode trying to dribble across the top of the arc there. Um, I saw one of the commenters talked about him in the open floor and even just getting quality post touches. Like, those are the sort of things he's going to need to have consistent places to create from, right? Like I think the zone lent itself to guys rotating onto him and occasionally doubling him here, but you're not always going to draw that level of pressure just from him having the ball in his hands. Right. Cause he can't really do anything with it. He can't pull up. He can't put it on the floor. He can't fake a handoff. Like these, these are sort of things he needs to start to do to regularly be a facilitator. Um, you know, he's going to do it when he gets his opportunities, but like i said they only pass to him 18 times a game uh he doesn't have the ball a ton and there's not a lot of places where you can put the ball in his hands uh so they have to emphasize yeah you him bring him up
2: you, 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 and you he's gonna start to yeah improve i, I like skills. him catch i like him with those uh, you know coming out and catching the ball high there and not just being a screener i i like that i i you know uh, and i they did that a ton today all right, the Garden Report post game show, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Just go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've got it all going right now. You got basketball, hockey, NFL yeah. football, NCAA football, horses, MMA, golf. Is there still golf? If there isn't, there will be some. There's, 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 there's golf. always golf. There's always some out. kind yeah. of golf. Props, live betting, all kinds of weird stuff. Out Outside of the sports realm, anything you want to, you know, place a bet on, yep. betonline's got it, betonline.ag, code CLNS50, 50% welcome bonus. Go check it out right now, and as always, make sure to gamble responsibly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's ways to emphasize, and it's on them because he's – he's not going to do these things overnight. The, those are off season improvements. Those are going to take
2: years. That's what bugs me about Rob. I well, was That's what hoping... you wanted to see, right, John? Yeah. yeah. Right. I thought, again, this was a, everyone talks about the lock him in a, lock him in a gym with KG or Patrick Ewing or something like that. And like, learn how to play center, you know, learn how to do some things, learn <laughs> how to, you know, uh, a couple of post moves and, you know, to pull, you know, pull up jumpers, yada, 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 um, his usage, is, in, his usage
0: is his usage is lower than last
2: year. Yeah, and in fact, not only did it not happen, he also came in chunky and out of shape. So again, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what, and again, this was everyone's like, oh, he's bulkier. No, it wasn't good weight. It was obvious from day one. We said it. He didn't look explosive. He looked out of shape. He didn't look athletic. I still don't think he's in terrific shape. <laughs> so he really <laughs> needs, you're right. At some point or another, he needs the people around him you know, whether it's, you know, working with the Celtics directly on a program or something to have a plan. We need, you know, we have goals of, of you and we need you to come back this year. It's like you do with Ben Simmons every year. We need next year, Ben, you'd be a shooter. And then he's like, yeah, whatever. I'll post an Instagram from the YMCA, you know, a couple of weeks before training camp, hitting a couple threes and everyone will think I worked on it. And that's about it. You know, like, no, we need to really do something to get you there because I do believe, I don't believe Jokic is a comp. I don't believe all these things. I do believe he doesn't have a clue how good he can be yet because he has yet to hone a lot of skills that he can probably do at a passable level to go along with the stuff he does in an elite level. We've That's my realistic game I don't think he's going to start dropping threes. You're just saying the stuff that he does, we keep talking about nobody else does that. Nobody else does a lot of what he can do. Very few people. He just has to get I, – I think Simmons is an interesting comp in the sense of imagine how good Ben Simmons would be if he was just a bad shooter, you know? Uh, Meaning, like, just like a, a slightly below average shooter, he'd be a top 10 player because of all the other things he can do. Rob, with just a little bit of semblance of uh, some post-up moves and a consistent 10-foot, 12-foot jumper – would be on another stratosphere because then you wouldn't be worried about those aspects of his, uh, of his game. That's all he has to do. He doesn't have to be elite. Those, those just have to be passable aspects because he does so many other things well. And the consistency on defense, obviously, you know, you you know, you want to be given, right? Yeah. That's a given, but that's everybody. You have to play consistently. You have to know your assignments. You have to be disciplined. You know, you, and you, you you do see him drift in and out of that stuff, but we're not being unrealistic with it. We think just be, Okay, at some of the other stuff that you're not doing at all. Right now, he's at his, he's like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons won't shoot. Rob won't do a lot of things. He gets the ball and he doesn't even look towards the basket. My my
0: big three for him would be dribbling, putbacks. He's got to be able to put those up regularly instead of just dumping it out. And dumping (laughs) it out is good sometimes, but. He should have more put back baskets, just pulling it down each game. Yeah. And then Dude, he I'd, did have a
2: couple stand from a standing position put back dunks tonight. You know, so, oh I yeah, mean, his boy. offensive rebounding's been incredible in the last. And there's too many times was... where he
1: doesn't even look to put it back. He's just looking for another. He's looking for a pass right away. Yeah. I
3: hate that. Yeah, yeah his just uh, hard to get the ball throws. to keep the ball moving as opposed to just laying it up or, or dunking on right. somebody. Right. right.
0: Yeah. By the end of the year, I think you want to see some dribbling, nail down the free throws, and um the putbacks i mean he's he gets so many offensive rebounds he's top five in offensive rebounding uh had his career high in that clippers game with 10 and then uh, he had a bunch in this one as well so he's one of the best rebounders in the game right now uh period so the things he does do already as you always say john are pretty substantial and then he can add to that so there's a ton to work with here and it's great to see him improving and being more consistent Doing it over more
3: minutes, like I've been thrilled with the year he has has had. Yeah, I haven't been thrilled with it. I I, didn't I like, like it. Yeah. I I like it, but I'm not thrilled with it because again, the, some of the things that we're talking about are things that he should be doing more consistently than he is right now. When you think about it. I mean, he's That's an fair. elite. He's an elite rebounder. I think when when he plays significant minutes, but we haven't seen that. But he's, he's fairly ex- young. Am, am I allowed to call him young, John? <laughs> Young in age or young in experience? Both. Because the two are – I I don't think the two are interchangeable. I mean, he's a little older in basketball
0: years, but experience-wise, yeah, he's definitely young.
3: Yeah, I just just think for him the biggest thing is consistency in terms of his health and consistency in terms of his approach and attitude towards the game because he came out with something, a different kind of fire in this game that we don't always see. And right. I don't care if he plays as well as he did tonight, but I do want to see that fire. I do want to see that energy that I'm going to I'm gonna kick somebody's ass tonight. Even if you don't do it, have that mindset. I don't see that enough from him. But we obviously know it's there. I want to see him become a big deterrent again on defense too. Like there were some blocks
0: in this game, and this one we speak of consistency, that were just scary for Phoenix. Like just him coming through and wiping shots out. Uh, he did that repeatedly throughout yes. this one. And that's what you want to see him do consistently for sure. Like there's two sides to the ball here that he can really dominate.
2: And again, the, he gets in your head. Uh, that stuff isn't only the plays he makes. It's the plays that people are afraid to make because they know that he's lurking there. And it's the same thing offensively, the gravity, the fear of that lob and the role there and the space that it creates. Again, it's the offense. Both sides of the ball are better when he's on the court playing at or near his, you know, his peak, they're better with him out there. He makes both sides of the ball better. And this Uh, team would be a lot more fun
0: if he was more involved, right? (laughs) Like, he's the most fun guy they have to watch by far.
2: Right. That's the thing is, like, for Tatum and Brown, as good as they are, at the end of the day, it's a lot of jump shots is what you're seeing. You know, like, just in terms of, like, jaw-dropping excitement, usually it's the, you know, it's the Rob stuff, you know? When you see him do the things that he does, you're like, you know, Uh,
0: (laughs) that dunk against Cleveland last week. I'm still in shock of him doing the little Euro step and just
2: floating up there. uh, Yeah. There was a bunch of great stuff tonight. uh, Tonight was one of those. He had about 12 plays where you're like, Oh my goodness. I mean, he had a ton of them tonight. See, I I was just going to say, I
1: feel like, I feel like now Rob's going back into like, okay, now opposing teams are going to prepare for Rob. You know what I mean? Like that, that kind of territory, which, believe it or not, that was the case last season. When, when John was going crazy and being like, man, why don't they play him more? He was starting to get into other team's scouting reports. And this season, that hasn't been the case. Now he's getting back into that territory. And I, and I, I love the fact that Eme is trying to get him out of the paint, get him more passing action that way, because that way the opposing bigs are going to get out of the paint. And that should open things up for the Jays, you know? Uh, of course, I'm looking ahead here, but I think that's the overall big picture here, you know, make things easier for those guys.
2: Let me give you a quick Rob quote. Um, he was asked about Udoka's comment saying he's more than people think he is. Rob says, "Shit, he believes in me a lot. I <laughs> guess, I, I guess he sees something in me I don't. I'm thankful." He, he for the way. he's shocked. But it's interesting. I guess he sees something in me I don't. I'm thankful for the way he pushes me every day, trying to get the best out of me. I swear, he's that kid on the playground who's like this big and this strong. Yeah who lets people bully him. And he doesn't realize like, all you have to do is stand up and push him like that. And the kid goes down. Like, you're the big guy, you know, right. like I really do believe so, at some That's point, someone's going to tap him on the shoulder and be like, Rob, you're the guy, right. you, you know, like, don't, he's like,
1: no, right. he may think something like really good. You know, <laughs> like, like he's like, surprised about it. Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> he is. It's, he does. I really believe he does not know um, what he's got.
3: And that's the scary part, I think, for for both the Celtics and I think for the rest of the NBA, that this guy has ridiculous talent that we all see, Ime included, and he doesn't really have that kind of swagger that someone with his skill set should have, and when he gets it, that's going to be kind of scary. Because then you're going to have a guy who's probably pushing himself to be even better than what people think he can be. And to your point, Bobby, I mean, little things that he can add to his game between now and next year, like a short 10- to 12-foot jump shot, uh, being able to, you know, instead of just swatting the ball five rows back, you know, swat it a little bit more inbound so that it winds up in the hands of Marcus Smart or Tatum, who can get out and get a transition bucket. Little things that I think Set he better can-
0: screens, too. Like, he, he, yeah. he can really start hammering guys on those screens and getting downhill, creating some separation there. There's so many areas he can clean up, as good as he already is. <laughs> Not to get
1: too ahead of myself, but isn't that what Red Auerbach told Bill Russell? Like, look, man, don't put it in the fifth row or seventh row. Keep it in bounds, so guys, we can start the fast break. <laughs> like, yeah, it
3: is. Yeah, if it, Tommy it's
0: was alive, we would have heard so many Bill Russell oh, comparisons man. over the last two years.
3: <laughs> Easily. <Right>. Easily. Easily. <laughs> it's so true. Easily.
0: And you know what? They would have been better than the Greg Steesman ones and the other ones we <laughs> I like Steamer, man. Don't talk uh, you, you <laughs> cannot you cannot talk bad about Greg Steesman. <laughs> no, I am I'm, I'm just talking up Rob. Like there's Did
2: there's you have him on your show recently? Who had yeah. him on? Did somebody have Stees? No. It wasn't I, me. I, I thought he appeared somewhere recently. I could I know I thought you watched He was, <laughs> it like he was probably
0: Stiesma. making his case as a replacement player. Yeah. Bring um, it on. Um,
2: Like I said, we could make this the Rob show. I don't want to go all day long. I do think again, it's that it's that between same as the team. Is it fool's gold or is it kind of like again? I really do believe with Rob, it's a matter of like, this is you, buddy. Like this Mm -hmm. is a thing you can do. Like I don't know if it's if it's a focus issue. I don't know if it's a confidence issue. I don't know what it is, but you can do stuff like this regularly and like really be something, you know, just do it. I do think sometimes he just accepts that, like, ah, I only touched the ball five times today, you know, and they just kind of let it happen that well, way. Well,
0: it makes me think uh, this this offensive rebounding spurt he's on goes back to about a month or two ago. Like, he made really telling him to get going in that regard. He can get on the offensive boards and be aggressive there. That's something he wasn't doing just because I didn't feel like he – felt the need to go do that at an aggressive level and now that he's decided all right that's part of my role is chasing down all these offensive rebounds he's getting a million every game so i think there's got to be some sort of repetition and um effort by others to involve him they got to find him right like he's not a guy who can create for himself right now they have to pass to him way more than 20 times a game
2: exactly and you see it like with some like you know like Jimmy Butler, you know, would always be like, you know, you hear stories about how he makes some other people around him better. And again, this is kind of what you're talking about from Tatum and Brown. Everyone's hung up on assists and potential assists and this and that, but a lot of it comes down to a you can do this. I'm going to put you in a position to do it. I want you like not just doing it in game, talking to the person, telling them like, you can do all of these things, do them, man. You've got my support, our support to be this thing, you know, because it's a big deal, whether it's Rob or whomever else that is. And I'm not saying they don't do that, but that's kind of part of the whole package is, you know, empower people to, you know, go out there and play, their game without fear, you know, in uh, the best that they can. And you're right, you can't have nights where Rob it never gets the ball in his hands at all when you see how many good things he could do about it. You can't have days where Romeo. Gets significant minutes and only gets three shots. Like it just isn't good enough. That's what we mean about developing them, empowering them, putting them in positions to make contributions, to succeed, to build momentum going forward. Then you see a game like Romeo had the other night and you're like, okay, maybe not. Maybe we should just put them in mothballs. So, I mean, I get the back and forth with it, but that's kind of what you want to see uh, with this stuff. Uh, moving on. I'll spin the wheel. Where do you guys want to go next? We can talk about a, a host of other different players or different things. Um, you know, I'll, Sherrod, I'll give you first crack. The chat wants Grant. I know Bobby's going to go there. Yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> he just he deserves Grant a out segment. Away. Let's get let's it let's get get out of the way.
3: Grant, Grant, to me, was – I mean, th- this was really enjoyable watching him play. Wasn't it? It, it wasn't Oh, I mean,
0: all of a sudden he's exciting. Come on. I mean, the biggest I
3: Grant Becker. Bobby, Bobby, you know what he did? He actually saw a mismatch, looked at that little ass wing on him, and he bully-balled him. <laughs> i hate when he i hate when he has those switches and he'll look at the little ass guy on him and then he'll just swing it out to tatum or he'll swing it out the brown bully there. his ass there. do that
2: bobby Did that sir, say, then, do you do? bobby Did the first bobby the first on wednesday bobby the first person in market to suggest starting grant williams was you, bobby, williams
3: was? you. <laughs> that would They're be that would be no that would be that would
2: be this guy right here that was you i thought it was bobby Nope, it was me. No,
0: I was I was saying he his rise was exciting this year, the things he was doing. Bobby's been
2: it. on the Grant train all along. I'm not taking any thunder from him there. But once <laughs> you realize Skinny like, Grant. no, but you know what it comes down to? Some people play better with the starter. We said it on the thread. Like, Romeo might be better. Like, I wanted to start Romeo, then I saw it for a few games, and then I thought Romeo might be better with the second unit going against second le- second. second tier guys in an environment that doesn't have Brown and Tatum in it, because I don't think you can thrive with them on the floor. I like the idea of the triple wing lineup because we loved it when we had Hayward, but Hayward, Is such a good ball handler and passer, and gives the game what it needs. And Romeo's not that guy. Romeo needs to kind of slash and be aggressive and look for some offensive opportunities when he has them. I don't think that fit works with him with with Brown and Tatum on the floor. I changed my mind on that. I was lobbying hard for him in there. I think he made sense of the second unit. He got bumped to the second unit, uh, and he played better. Uh, You know, bumped back to the second unit. Grant goes in with the starters. Plays great, And, and I really do think like. I know the, that double big thing, I think you're going to be better off if you decide it's going to be Rob and Grant with Horford off the bench. Makes more sense to me uh, on this team, but I don't know if they're going to go there with the, with the two Jays and Smart. The so more we'll I see. watch them
3: play, the more I'm, I'm coming around to that, that thinking because it, it just looks better.
2: I've always it, liked them
3: as a duo. It yeah. just looks so much better. Yeah. And well, it gives that asking, second unit some more stability, which I think that second unit, they've had so much – you know, chaos and, and, and just uncertainty that Al gives them. He could be their glue guy, you know, which that they, they, I think that group needs someone like that.
0: You'd be feeling good about Grant being a Horford-esque player if he was a little taller. I and mean, that's always been the problem with him, right? When he gets these matchups against Booker and these smaller Phoenix guys, he can go to the post and score. This is something he did in college and projected to do well against the right matchups in this league. He hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities to do that. Uh, but in certain games... In certain lineups, he can go down there and flash his offensive game. This is what made him such a great player at Tennessee. He has that skill in him. There's just not many situations in the NBA where he's going to be advantageous at the four spot, definitely not at the five spot. So that's the tricky part of pigeonholing him into the lineup, but they need a shooting. Uh, but, they need some of the things he does offensively right now. Horford's falling off the map. But offensively. this is where
2: we come back to it. This is where we're stuck. This is where, again, the the, the matter of very simple math comes into play. Baskets scored are as good as baskets, uh, you know, prevented. And they love Ime, defensive-minded coach. Brad, defensive-minded. They love.
0: <laughs> Emei really is so
2: much like Brad. They love that Rob, uh, uh, Rob and uh, Al lineup because of what they can do defensively. They love it, but offensively, are you getting what you need there? You have to, you have to do the math on it. And now that Al's dropped off the way he has offensively, he's looks a step slow. You know, he's not really a shooting threat anymore. I really think you've got to, you've, if you have enough faith in Rob, you've got to make that move with to the bench. And if, if you're
0: going to have those two, create offense why are they out there at the same time like you can it makes more sense to have one of them do it and not have one of them just standing around it it's makes offensively yeah, it doesn't of make any sense <laughs> yeah i think
1: most of the time it's tougher matchup for for horford right because the posing big is usually someone who's more of a stretch wing you know and i feel like depending on you know matchups it maybe it's better off for Horford to come off the bench you know it all depends right. on wh- which team they're playing against but you know th- the way the way raw was highlighted tonight or today rather Look, I don't want to discredit the guy, but it's kind of difficult to say how well this, this starting five would do against another starting five. Because let's face it, this system, they weren't completely healthy. They didn't have their, their their bigs in there. They didn't have Aiden in there, who's a big part of what they do mm, on defense. So, Good point. I don't know. It's hard to say, but I, I do like the idea. I like the concept. But again, it, it has to be on a night-to-night basis where it depends who they're playing against.
3: Yeah, I I think Al, it's it's been really tough, I think, for him just to make the the kind of switches and be impactful like he's used to. I mean, it it seemed that whenever Phoenix really early on was, you know, was having good action offensively, it was whoever Al was trying to guard. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that Al was the only starter who was minus, who was a negative plus minus in this game. Um, And so it's, you know... the idea of him coming off the bench, playing Morgan's second unit guys, I I like that idea. The more I'm watching him play, and the more I'm watching Rob evolve and grow into a guy that is probably going to be a little bit more reliable going forward uh, with this team.
0: Well, you look at the two man pairing; just them alone in uh, 20 games, 230 minutes. Allen, Rob are now a net negative uh, with that 98 offensive. Because rate the offense has fallen,
2: the offense has fallen off so badly. Yeah. yeah, and that's, that's a exactly abysmal, yeah. That's an and abysmal a, offensive. That's rating also hurt crazy. a lot, Bobby, because you've been without Tatum or Brown for so many of the last fifteen games. 10, no, but that's 10, the whole season. No, I know, but it started okay where the, where the where they had a positive net rating. But that lineup has been without another scorer for so long that they're they're still starting those two guys together. But you've had a lot of Schroeder Smart lineups and just lineups that offensively have been more challenged right. because you know, because you haven't had Jalen and Tatum. So when you're, it's different when you have Jalen and Jason, that lineup can hold a little bit better without them in there for sure. Um, it's definitely cratered. Well, You've seen yeah. it a lot. Yeah. In
0: December it's minus 22. Yeah.
2: And it, that's it cratered when Jalen went out there and now they've been without Tatum for, for a couple it's, it's been really bad. Um, yeah. It was much better. It was like plus five or plus six for, I thought the first month um, with those, with that pairing, but I can't, I can't remember exactly, but um yeah, we'll see. I think it's still <laughs> matchup dependent. There's no reason you have to be married to anything. If you play the Sixers, you need Horford in there to bang. It's you weird like- to me.
0: Like yeah. they're that's a good th- point. Brad would do the lineup, the matchup thing sometimes, right? Like he'd switch the starting lineup around quite a bit just based on who they were playing. They're completely married to this double big thing. Like it doesn't matter who they're playing. It didn't make sense matchup
2: wise <laughs> to start three bigs in this one, did it? He said he wanted size in this game, which is weird because uh, Phoenix was without their typical big players. You know, like he wanted Grant in there because he mentioned guys like being bigger to Booker. You'd figure Romeo is in there to check guys, you know, uh, other guys to play. So I'm not really sure what they were super concerned with, um, you know, in this game to go with that bigger lineup. But it was a matchup based decision rather than being married to a thing at least inserting grant over Romeo was maybe there was more to that. And really it was Romeo really sucked last game. So I think I'm going to try something different, but you don't want to say that. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be playing matchups all the time. There's, there's no reason not to. All right, guys, quick pause. We want to tell you about one of our sponsors and that is insa. We're welcome. Welcoming back Insa. Insa. Yeah. Exactly. It's one of Massachusetts' premier cannabis dispensaries, Uh, Insa-I-N-S-A. Their founders, Pat and Pete, they re-engineered the cannabis model uh, from what they sell to how they sell it. Uh, Insa dispensaries are inviting. They're modern. Uh, The staff are authorities on the science. Uh, They go in there, they can answer any question, difference between flowers, concentrates, uh, what you want to take for insomnia, anxiety. Edibles. uh, Hanging out with friends, whatever you want, they'll tell you exactly uh, what you need to fill your needs. Uh, world-class head chef there as well, and again, the founders. One thing we want to tell you about head them: they're chef? local. They're local. Uh, they're from they're from Western Mass. Salem. Uh, they're from, they're from Western Mass. Salem. Uh, yep. No. Oh yeah. Located from. in Salem, but there's a location in Salem. They're from to me. Springfield. Bobby yeah, jumped the gun because the, the Salem location <laughs> is near his it's not house. Not Springfield. But they're lifelong pals from Springfield. Um, There's a couple of uh, locations out there, one near the MGM Casino. You can also go to East Hampton or, as Bobby said, Salem. Salem. This is the thing. Not enough people took advantage of this, so we're going to tell you about the deal one more time. If you go there and you mention that the Garden Report told you to stop by, Mm -hmm. you get a T-shirt for a penny. That's literally all you have to do. And then you get anything else you want there, too. That's not on us, but the t-shirt is on us. One penny. You know what? And I have a couple t-shirts and they're very comfy too. So go to get that green one. Otherwise go to insa.com or call 877-500-INSA for any uh, inquiries you have about anything else uh, going on. But if you want the t-shirt for a penny, just mention the garden report. Go get yourself some. Once again, have, have a good time. Yeah. Have a good time. Visit the various locations throughout Massachusetts or go to insa.com or call 877
0: 500 INSA. we did hear Horford in the preseason saying he prefers to start. Is that something you kind of have to manage from a locker room perspective?
2: Sherrod, do you believe that stuff? Do you believe guys get assurances when they come here that, like, what they're. I don't believe that. I think it's. No,
3: I, I don't because players have been around this league long enough, most of them to know that whatever you're told from an assurance standpoint is probably a lie. You're probably (laughs) going to be disappointed. You're probably going to find yourself asking, wait a minute, you told me this and now we're doing that. I I think what you normally tell guys is that you're going to get an opportunity to play major minutes, probably as a starter, but depending on how the season goes, we may pivot and players understand that. I think at the end of the day, guys just want to play Uh, whether I'm starting and playing, you know, I mean, which would you prefer to start and play like eight, nine minutes or to come off the bench and play 25, 30 minutes. Uh, so to It'd me. be an it, even
0: split there, right? Like, yeah, you could perfectly yeah. balance Horford and Rob's minutes based on yeah. who's playing better.
3: Yeah. And, and I think that's the direction that they're, they're trending towards. You can't, I just don't think the two of them collectively are going to give you what you're looking for in terms of impact. Uh, I'd like to see their minutes staggered a little bit more so. Where they're not necessarily on the floor at the same time. Because I just don't think you're going to get the most bang for your buck that way. It's
0: tricky, too. It's sort of an offense defense thing with Al and Rob. Rob, your offense shoots through the roof. Al, defensively, still extremely sturdy at this point. Like they're running some of their best defensive lineups with him out there. It's probably their best defender right now, right up there with Smart. Uh, but you can't, you saw it on Wednesday, like all those Horford threes were demoralizing. And you, you win the the second half with double big again and you were running those as you were missing all those shots like you want more spacious lineups you want to create some room for grant in a game like that for hauser to get some opportunity there outside of just that short stint in the first in the fourth quarter you gotta think of offense right john like you're going to have to tell
2: me man it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like they're for, like completely yeah, I mean, forgetting I have it. to i I, I we've, it's crazy. Argued this, we've argued this nonstop. i mean the oh. game has changed it is about scoring the basketball. I mean, it, I mean, more so than ever before. Like you've got to have guys who can fill it, man. You know, like right. th- it's too fast. It doesn't matter if you're not playing, only that. playing gritty defense and lock it down. Teams are so good and they have so much skill and so many good shooters. They can erase 12, 15 point leads in a heartbeat. You have to be able to go basket for basket in these yeah. games. Uh, and you can't just go and rely on grind it out, slow it down, isolation when they get into their least efficient basket Basketball, how many leads have been erased in ninety seconds? Double digit Suns, leads.
1: That that 4 run the Suns put together was at three minutes. Like boom, that's how you know, it like it's yeah.
2: it's. So what you you've got to be able to 30, go punch for you got to go punch for punch, man. So. You know, to me, it's like all, those uh,
0: Bruins teams last decade that just wanted to prevent goals at all costs and really didn't try all that hard. Also, to score.
2: that stuff might work for you in the regular season when teams aren't trying as hard, but you get into the playoffs and and then the defensive intensity ratchets up on the other side. Your shitty offense is going to really get exposed. You have to have guys who can score. You have to do it with movement. You have to have guys who can beat you know who can make plays individually. Like you can't you know you can't be as bad as they've been uh and, and and survive really i want to um... well what i was gonna
1: say with the, with that being said let's talk about the uh the, the guy who led who led the way in the in, in the plus minus statistical category is jay it, rich is it romeo it's rich jay yeah. rich what was he A plus 20 <laughs> he like, was great when he's scoring he... that way i mean obviously th- as efficient as he was what was it uh five for ten you know two for four from behind the yard i mean that's a, you would see that every single game. You're not probably not going to get that all the time, but when you had that kind of production for someone like him coming off your bench, I, I think it does make a difference. I mean, it gives you that cushion that the Southern's <laughs> really needed to, to beat the Suns today. You
2: know? Yeah. I liked his game. Um, you know, you, you, you like, I mean, again, a lot had to do with shots falling uh, as well, but um, you know, he was playing really well before going on the COVID list, like really, really well. That New yeah, York so- game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, really, really well. Um, so that was, you know, yeah, twenty-seven was big. in that game, didn't he? 27 in the game before right. that obviously was horrible against the Clippers, but so was <clears> every- <throat> so was everybody. So you can throw that one away. But he that was, was first 17- game back 17-15 and then 27. The shots. Um, you know, the three-point shooting in the month of December was up over 43, 44 percent. Um, you know, I think it was 45, and then he went over five yesterday. So somewhere in that neighborhood, he's just been more efficient. Um, you know, and he's got the mid range situation going, which uh, works for him, but he's knocking down the three pointers as well. So he's been, he's been great. He was, he was good today.
0: Yeah. We certainly learned in that athletic piece that you're probably not going to get much for Schroeder here. Richardson's the guy you kind of look at just from a player perspective, <laughs> what teams need and what he brings that could Really help a contender. If you are looking to sell somebody down the stretch here and maybe get a first rounder for a guy, like you like having his contract on the books and stuff and having him be that extra wing next year if you're going to do something. But if you want to open up minutes for young guys, you want to get something at the deadline in a seller's market, he's certainly a guy who's going to be coveted by contenders uh the lakers obviously would love to have a guy like this a number of other teams as well he's a guy you're gonna look at in that regard and he helps you a ton right now but he's not the kind of guy who like really moves the needle on their result this year right if you pull him out of here listen they've pulled him out of here it's hurt them but it hasn't devastated them and it's not like he swings you to being <laughs> an elite team when he is out there. So. That's the
2: thing. If you're if you're yeah. committing to a process and something that's long-term, removing Richardson actually creates a situation and an environment where you're forced to play more Neesmith ne- and Romeo, whether they're ready or not, which, again, is probably better for you because you're going to, again, the thing we talked about last year when they should have realized that they weren't going anywhere was to try to develop those guys so they had them as either assets on the, on the corridor assets to trade this year. You're now one year later, and you're kind of in the same position. So, as well as Richardson plays, it's great, and if you're a contender, it's great because it'll help you win some games, but you have to, you're going to, it's going to get really challenging when the trade deadline comes, if they decide like being half in half out is what's really gonna suck trade one guy but keep the others if you decide you're you're gonna move on and you're really more concerned about the future than the present then you have to look to trade Richardson you have to look to trade Schroeder you got to look to trade Horford which is gonna leave you with shit you know um, <laughs> <laughs> it's I'll gonna be you go with this where you going with this yeah. It's, yeah. Go, yeah it's gonna you're right.
0: Yeah. no You're it's right. a balance it's a balance yeah because you want to weigh are, are young guys even going to be here next year are they good enough to be brought back after all this or here long term or do you feel better about richardson being part of this next team whatever they're yeah. building here, as part of as like a secondary ball handler scorer defender yeah. all those different kinds of things like y- you have to make a choice between those two roads sometime soon here like you actually have to pick a direction, figure out where you're going. Uh, this team, like the roster construction of it still is halfway young and developing and halfway. We have Schroeder and Richardson and these kind of guys to keep developing. You know, you yeah. could even look at adding other young guys at the deadline possibly too. Uh, we've talked about Cam Reddish up and down him being a guy that you could bring in here and start to develop him as a guy with higher upside than Romeo and East Smith and all these others here. Uh, these middle veteran guys, I just don't think help you a ton in either direction, right? Like, I just Richardson's not a swing guy for easy I don't get it right now. If this <laughs> I, was 2020, he'd be a big help, right, on that team that that's was actually the thing. a
2: contender. It's 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 how you choose to frame the conversation. It's not Josh Richardson is bad at basketball and therefore having him is is not a good thing. It's would you rather have Josh Richardson and help have him help you win a game or two to get you into that eight or nine situation or seven or whatever it is, or would you rather an entire year and by the end of it, you have a good idea whether Romeo and Neesmith could play and you potentially miss the playoffs. I would say option B is better. I wanted that option last year. It wasn't the argument. People were like, those guys suck. If you play them, you're going to lose. That's part of the point. If you do play them and you do lose and they don't improve, then, you know, we're done here but if they improve that's good because again the secret to success is you have your high-paid stars and you have the low-paying younger contributors that you've drafted and developed who are someday going to be starters and stars somewhere else
0: richardson 33 minutes romeo
2: 25 portrait 13 yeah so it is what it is. Um, guys, I want to put a bow on it. It is New Year's Eve. Um, Josue's got parties to go to and stuff to do. Uh, I did say, I did want to say Marcus Smart, this played an awesome game. We don't need to get too deep into it, uh, but he was terrific all game long. This is, I mean, as you want to frame this Marcus Smart game and, 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 you know, and, and, and repeat it over and over again, quick <laughs> tip of the hat to Romeo, Big bounce back after one of his worst games of the year. Um, looked a lot better. More confident, decisive. His drives were better. A lot of off-ball movement, um, which was good. It was nice to see a couple of threes nice go down. Nice
0: up, yeah. Puts, yeah, all that. Yeah,
2: couple threes go down, which were nice because that shot was looking really crooked wow. recently. Um, uh, other things you guys want to say before before we wrap it up here?
1: That's it, man. I'm just really into the Josh Richardson, the the him getting the free throw line that many times, him being that productive. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that. Yeah, carries. don't
0: get me wrong, Joe Sway. Like he's been awesome and he's great to have. But as good as we feel after wins, we do have to remember what we were talking about on Wednesday right. and like where this thing's going here, and that's yeah. that's a consideration. There, I wish like they were a great team and they could be a part of that. Because I do, like, he proved me wrong big time. I've enjoyed watching him immensely. I think the fans, as he starts to play more consistently here, are going to fall in love with him. Uh, But what's he doing for you in the grand scheme of things right now? he's been great. You need some young guys. And I was like, I am going to tip a bigger nod to Smart. Man, like, he just makes everything look better for them, doesn't he? Like, the ball is moving side to side through him. Uh, They're offensive numbers go way up i thought he was sensational here and then
3: like he really is just putting everybody in position defensively
2: it was gonna happen
3: this was a good smart game this was a really good smart game i mean season high scoring uh he did everything you want him to do but he's the guy you missed over the last he, couple of he, games here. He is, but again, like the rest of this team, I mean, consistency. I mean, that it's not even the numbers with Marcus as much as it is the impact that he can make. Uh, and I, I think that's the thing that he hasn't done as consistently as I think you would want to see from a guy who's been around for as long as he has with this team.
0: may talked about it a little bit pre-game. Like, it, it is really more than a numbers thing. Uh, it's it's an approach. It's intangible things with him. Like he just does the things on the floor that they need to do in order to be effective. Like having guys in the right position. You saw how much he was guiding people to the right spots on defense, calling stuff out. And then just being willing to not shoot a ton this year and pass like crazy has been important for them. Uh, he's not a big assist guy, especially in this game. just didn't end that way for him, but, The movement he created was important. He looks for guys. He sets guys up in spots. Like he does the point guard things no one else does on this team. And uh, the only other thing I'll say about this game, the turnovers high. They got to get those down. Brown again a mess in that aspect. Oh yeah, unreal. Rob sometimes six. Like everybody kind of, everybody kind of has those games for them, which is getting worrisome.
2: No, I hear you. I mean, but you know, Rob did have ten assists. Uh, so no, just a,
0: as a team, they got to reduce yeah, that in an
2: assist to turnover sort of world. I'm not going to bang him for for if you're going to you know have the ball as much as he had it today and make as many plays as he did. That's still a pretty good ratio.
0: It's all
1: right. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs>
2: I mean, J- J- you know, Jalen continues with his one for I one. I mentioned Jalen. <laughs> I know Jalen's turnovers
0: are above assist, which is just nuts. That's I, it's Jameis that it Sherrod –
2: it's two. It was two to, to one today in the wrong direction. That's horrible. Right. Yeah. So again, I'm not going to, we're not going to, we're not ending on a negative note. Um, well, we do want to say, and this is we well, will at least acknowledge uh, a sad note. Um, Celtics legend, Hall. you know, uh, hall of famer, Sam Jones passed away. 88 years old. <laughs> Can't go an entire garden report with at least giving a tip of the hat to the great Sam Jones, uh, oh. 10 titles, 13, 12. I thought it was 13. Um, you know, with the Celtics uh, in his career, uh, all, you know, 25th anniversary, 50th anniversary, 75th anniversary team, um, you know, obviously one of the all-time greats, a really tough year plus for Celtics fans. We've lost KC, we've lost Sam, we've lost Tommy, Tommy. Heights. Um, so it's a tough one. The, the hits keep coming for the Celtics, uh, Celtics family here, but, uh, Sam Jones, certainly a legend. So we want to acknowledge, uh, that pass along condolences to his family, uh, as well. If anybody wants to say anything, uh, whether it's a tip of the hat or a Sam Jones, uh, anecdote or anything that you guys have there, uh, before we, uh, before we move on.
1: Uh, no, I just want to say, uh, I know uh, Cedric Maxwell,
2: you know,
1: reached out and he had a lot of uh, kind words to post on social media this morning. So uh, I guess it just, just through the, from what I've been told from Max, just, you know, in terms of uh, uh, what he meant to the, to the, to the team and, you know, someone that he looked at as uh, one of the great Celtics that he's, you know, before his time and before my time, obviously. So um, yeah, I just want to just tip my hat and say to, you know, Sam Jones, one of the greatest Celtics of all time, number hangs up there in the Raptors and is there for a reason. And uh, he's someone that uh, of course, people who, grew up in the eighties in Boston knew all about, you know, so, uh, for sure a legend, one of the greatest Celtics of all time. Definitely.
3: And a guy that I think often didn't get his just due for the player that he was and the impact that he made on winning. You know, when we think about winning at the highest of levels in the NBA, we often think about Bill Russell and understandably so, but Sam in terms of chips was right. Damn near with Bill. Uh, so uh, again, it's, it's, these are the times where we, we, reminisce and, and recollect over how great a player he was. Uh, but when I think of Sam, the one thing that always comes to mind is winner. Uh, that's the one thing that he did at as high level as anyone who's played the game, not named Bill Russell. So uh, again, uh, condolences to his family and certainly to all of Celtics nation who are, you know, obviously feeling the sting of yet another, as we talked about earlier, another key member of the family uh, who's no longer with us. So,
0: Yeah. I came away from today. Just looking, obviously, I don't know much about him, but uh, this many decades out, but underrated all time. Like, you don't hear his name a lot in Celtics' lore. uh, Among the all-time great players. Like, he he was, when you look at the numbers and everything, the offensive engine of that team. um, Hit a ton of game-winning shots and big moments. Uh, We have an obituary up on CLNS Media, and I was just kind of exploring all morning the things that he did, and it was a pretty sturdy list. And when you talk about Russell... Obviously, he does get his big deal, like you said, Shroud. You see the Wikipedia page this long. Jones, it's a little shorter. You know, you didn't hear from him a ton over the years. I don't think he came back to Boston all that much. Um, So he's, you know, just kind of a guy that over time here, I think has faded from memories a little bit. Uh, He was right there with Russell the whole way. Like, Russell was the defensive piece of that team. Jones was running the offense. And he does kind of deserve, like, near equal mention in that uh team's greatness now
2: yeah and the one thing I want to add and we've talked about this a good bit just in terms of you know Celtics pride and what it means um this is kind of what it means like you have to go back to these days um and so for most of us this is before our time um you know even boomers like me and Sherrod um (laughs) but I'll say this without trying to sound preachy the new um, and, and a lot, there's a lot of I can't wait this, to
0: hear Bob talk about him.
2: There's a lot of people in this chat, uh, and, and who watch this show who are extremely studious and lifelong Celtics fans of all ages. Uh, some of whom might have been able to appreciate Sam Jones as a player, but at least plenty of whom who understand like what it meant to be a Celtic, how that kind of carried through the years and into the eighties and this and that. And then, you know, this idea of Celtics pride that was revived by Kevin Garnett uh, and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and that team back in 2008. And how many people are concerned that it's not really a thing anymore. And what I'll say is spend time learning and listening to the people who you do know and who you Mm -hmm. do admire and listen to what they have to say about the generation before them, you know? So all of the people out there who are talking about this, you know, whether it's you know Celtics who recently retired or guys who played in the '80s like Cedric Maxwell and this and that, they know these are not empty platitudes. It means something to them. These guys meant something to them. It inspired them to be bigger and better, and to be part of something that was larger than them. And it was a big deal. Um, and while we recognize that maybe you know this generation and kids these days aren't really down with it because the Celtics aren't what they once were they were everything they were an empire they were they were it they were the they were the you know the patriots times a thousand back then you know like they were the model franchise uh and everybody who came through here uh they
0: kind of you know. invented what the game is like yeah you know this guy did some so, stuff offensively that followed in terms of jump shots and yeah, the were-
2: defense and fast break and all that Yeah. They were pioneers and they, and, and, and they meant a lot. So again, I would read about the Sam Jones stuff, read people, the tributes, people who are talking about him now uh, who are posting about it. Some of the legends that are saying stuff Um, because as I said, is it, it is part of this whole thing that we do here. And that's this team that you watch. Um, And you know, when these guys go, you know, it's like losing to world war two veterans, you know, like it's sad. This is a, indelible part of like our, you know, Celtics history and the fabric of Boston. Um, so, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, condolences to Sam Jones and his family uh, and and uh, the entire Celtics community, which is mourning today. Uh, we do want to wrap by saying um, to all of you who watch us uh, at the Garden Report, we also have to say uh, rest in peace, Betty White. We, we just we just poor Betty just happened. Huh? Just yeah. happened. We lost Betty White as well. That was a um, tough one, man. It's a t- it's another tough year. Um, Ninety
3: nine years. They were getting
2: ready for the hundred next week. Yeah, next I week on the seventeenth. That's gonna boy. be next week. Oh, I know. Wow. So close, but rest in peace, Betty White. But all of you guys at home uh, who watch us, uh, tune in after losses, listen to us complain, listen to us contradict ourselves, uh, listen to us say that we hate Grant and then we love Grant. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> just like listen- you guys do. Oh, I love Just like year. you guys do. Listen, We listen love to, to hate us- him. Listen to us beat up on Bobby, even though we love Bobby, Um, you know, uh, for, you know, on behalf of everybody, thanks a lot. Uh, You guys are what makes the show. Um, We, sometimes we're like, Oh, we don't feel like doing this. Uh, You know, Oh God, I gotta watch another, but, (laughs) <laughs> then we get in here and you guys, and you guys are fine. No, saying, you guys I are never out that way. No, but we're you guys are fired the, up uh, in the chat.
1: You know, we're not covering the rockets here, man. Come on. Man.
2: <laughs> no, you know what I mean? It's up and down and saying the same stuff. It's been inconsistent, but we get in here and everybody here is fired yeah. up like crazy and they're into it and they want to talk and it kind of gets us going. So uh, you guys at home, you really fuel us. So thank you very much for uh, being with us over the last couple of years. We've been doing this. hopefully, you know, the trajectory is going up in 2022. So happy new year to all of you guys, guys, if you have any last words you want to say before we, before we close. No,
1: that was perfect. John. Yeah. Thank you well. guys. We really appreciate it. I mean, we talk about it a lot on the, on the group chat, like randoms coming up to us and saying, or recognizing our voice or something like it's really, it's super, super cool, man. It's, it's something that uh the, the last year and a half, obviously with COVID and everything that that's been going on, I, we don't get out much. So when that does happen, it, it does mean a uh. lot, you know, it's like, man, it feels like progress. You know, I know you guys feel me on that. So, I mean, Shiraz gets approached all the time. Shira, is Shira's used to it at this point. But you know, for for, for guys like Bobby Nine, Jimmy, it's 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 still sort of new to us. So we appreciate it, guys. We appreciate all the support for sure. Thank you. I'm
3: just some dude on the roster, man. <laughs> just another dude on the roster. Not, this is not, not around
1: these bars Not even around Boston, Shira. This was but, good, yeah. man.
3: This, this was a good year, and, and I and I think 2022 will be a great year for us. Uh, we yes, just sir. continue to keep. You know, we, we do this uh, not to be perfect, but practice is about getting better. And that's what we do. We're getting better. Um, so everyone, out, yeah, have a great, healthy, happy, safe 2022. And uh, we'll see you on the other side.
0: Man, thanks for uh, letting us do this thing full time, you know, cover the team, get on the road, you know, do all the different things supporting us allows us to do here. We're going to be in New York next week. Uh, Washington later next month. There's a lot of good stuff coming into the new year. And uh, you know, the more you
2: support, the more we'll be able to give you. Yeah, please do. Support, subscribe Definitely. to all our YouTube channels, Happy all the way is- everybody.